Thank you for joining me for our Thanksgiving service. Our order of service tonight is printed in our bulletins. We'll begin the service with the order of service that's there. We'll open right now with our first hymn, hymn number 609, We Praise You, O God, Our Redeemer. slavery. He led you through the vast and dreadful desert 
that thirsty and waterless land, with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of hard rock. He gave you manna to eat in the desert, something your fathers had never known, to humble and te test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to our forefathers as it is today. Our epistle reading is from Philippians chapter 4, verses 10 to 20 reading in which the Apostle Paul teaches contentment. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as you Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel, when I set out from Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving, except you only. For even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I am looking for what may be credited to your account. I have received full payment and even more. I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epaphroditus, the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Alleluia. Alleluia. chapter 17 verses 11 to 19 the story of Jesus healing the ten lepers where only one was thankful now on his way to Jerusalem Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee as he was going into a village ten men who had leprosy met him they stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice Jesus, Master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, Go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself down at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, Were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? 
Was no one found to return and give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, Rise and go, your faith has made you well. Let's sing our next hymn, and that's hymn number 610, Now Thank We All Our God. in one year in particular that he received one card 
that was addressed to Santa Claus saying thank you for the gift, the gift or gifts that had been received. This story illustrates how quick we can be to ask and, and to receive things and how slow sometimes we can be to express our thanks for the blessings that we've received. Whenever we give a gift to someone, we really just kind of are always looking for some form of appreciation, some form of thanks to come from the person who received the gift we gave. But when that appreciation is not shown, then we tend to get disheartened and even disgusted with the person who failed to say thank you. When we do remember to say thank you, though, in some way or another, that often does a tremendous job of helping our relationships with others. It's important that there be thanksgiving in action in our lives. And that's what the Apostle John is talking about in our brief reading this Thanksgiving Eve. As he reminds us of our blessings, the needs of others, and our response to our blessings and the needs of others. Let's think about the, the many blessings that we have. They absolutely all come from God. James wrote in his epistle, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights. Oh, we can think of the food that we eat, and that's a blessing that comes from God. It's true that we do work to buy that food, but it's still a blessing from God because God gives us the ability to work. He gives us the ability to earn money. So it's God that puts the turkey, the stuffing, the gravy, the mashed potatoes, the sweet potatoes, the pumpkin pie, all of those different things on our table for Thanksgiving. And isn't it amazing how much of those things actually God gives to us? We United States citizens are really so very much blessed when it comes to our diets. And I say we're blessed, and sometimes that can be a bit of a curse, I guess, right? But we eat better than most people in the world we could stay. And still, sadly, we have the tendency to complain about things. Maybe the turkey was overcooked or undercooked or, or the beans were cold or, well, you get the picture. It's so easy to complain. And that's because we've grown so accustomed to living so high on the hog. The Israelites, they received their manna and quail when they were out wandering around in the wilderness. They received that from God. And they received more than enough for them to eat. And it really was a multi-purpose food that could, have be, could be eaten in many different ways. So there were varieties of ways for them to eat it. They, they didn't need any more than they received, and yet they grumbled and they complained. They weren't satisfied, just as we sometimes aren't satisfied ourselves as well. 
the non-contentment of the Israelites and we ourselves, the non-contentment that we may feel is actually, and we need to recognize that, it's a sin against God. It makes you, it makes me unworthy of any of God's blessings. Like the Old Testament patriarch Jacob, really, we need to say to God, confess to him, I am unworthy of all the kindness and faithfulness you have shown your servant. But God is still so gracious to us. Despite the fact that we're not worthy, he continues to send his blessings to us. Jesus says, your father in heaven causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and send rain, sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. Oh, the material blessings that God gives to us are great, but of course they aren't God's greatest blessing to us. His greatest blessing, of course, is his giving us his son and everything associated with that. We're unworthy of that gift, of course, when Adam and Eve fell into sin, when they ate fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. What God could have done at that point in time is God could have just simply forgotten about the human race, abandoned us, or just destroyed us, that that be the end. He had given one simple command to Adam and Eve, but they ate the fruit from there, that tree. They couldn't keep that command. And now all of us are born in sin and without God's help, we can't please God. We, we can't do anything to serve him. Paul tells us that we're dead in our transgressions and sins. Yet God's love is so great that he sent his son anyway despite our sins. And he sends his Holy Spirit to work faith in our hearts, to build us up and strengthen us in our faith. And that gives us, oh, such peace with God, knowing that we have the forgiveness of sins, knowing that we don't have to be afraid of God. And without that peace, without that forgiveness, you know, what we'd have to do is we'd have to stand before Jesus on the last day burdened by all of the sins that we've committed. See now, God does believe in capital punishment and on the last day, he will send many, many, many people to eternal punishment. It's not that that's what he wants to do, but that's what being true to his sense of justice and his grace, that's what he has to do for those who have rejected God's grace. Without God's grace, without God's blessings, we would be sentenced to eternal punishment in hell, eternal death. God doesn't have a jail where we can pay for our sins and then after a time we'll get released from that jail. In God's book, it's either eternal life or eternal death. There is no middle ground. 
but Jesus' death. It pays for the sins of all. Through faith and only through faith. Without faith, without unbelief, with unbelief, that's not the case. But through faith, all people could have that forgiveness that Jesus won. All people could have that and stand before God on Judgment Day and, and know their sins are forgiven, that they're gone because of the blood of Christ. Well, God does shower us with many spiritual blessings, and when we think of those spiritual blessings, he gives us his precious word. He gives us baptism, which can bring the infant to faith, make the infant a believing child of God. He gives us the Lord's Supper, which can build up and strengthen our faith. He gives us prayer, the ability to talk to him, the confidence to pray, the certain hope of heaven. He gives us knowledge that we are his children. And we're so undeserving of all of those blessings, it has to make us feel actually ashamed that we do so little for God and he does so much for us. Even the good things that we try to do for God, they're still tainted by sin. The passage we hear so often, Isaiah says, all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. Well, when through faith we recognize how totally undeserving we are, then and only then can we, can we see how tremendously great and amazing our God's love for us really is. By God's grace, we are blessed not only materially, but also spiritually. But that's not true for all people. There are many in our world who are without homes, without food, and that's so tragic, especially when we realize that for Thanksgiving, for Thanksgiving, most of us will have so much more than enough, and there probably will be so much food, good food, that could end up in garbage disposals or, or in the garbage, and well, there's probably even more food that perhaps even weeks from now we find in the back of the refrigerator and we end up tossing aside. It's a shame that there are some who are without when we have so much. Oh, you think about it. There are people in war-torn areas in our world, in depressed areas in our world. There are homeless who aren't that far away from us even now, who don't have the blessings that we have. Drought and fire have devastated many people. We hear of hunger and, hunger and famine in, in, other, in Africa and in other parts of the world. But even right here near us, there are people who are unable to work, who are unable to find jobs, who would enjoy the scraps from our tables, who don't know where their next meal is coming from, 
There are people who walk the streets who maybe are looking in garbage cans, in our trash, to find something to eat. And there are people who are wondering what would happen if they could possibly, could someday be laid off from their jobs at work. And those people are there, and there are also many people in our world who are worse off than those people who are in worse shape because they don't know about Jesus or have never heard about the Savior or, or have rejected him. Some of them have many material blessings. Some of them may actually be filthy rich. They may be some of the monetarily richest people in our world, but they don't have what they really need. Jesus helps us to remember our priorities when some people brought to him this paralyzed man. And Jesus' first words to that paralyzed man, you know them well. He said, take up, his words were, take up your bed and walk. Rather, he said to him, son, your sins are forgiven you. He took care of the man's greatest need first. So let's truly be concerned about, oh, the physical needs of others, but let's also be even more concerned about the spiritual needs of our fellow man. So what's going to be our response to the blessings that we've received from God and the, the needs of others around us? What's going to be our response to that? Well, John asks, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? We who have been blessed by God, blessed by receiving, well, those material blessings that God gives to us, and especially the spiritual blessings, our Savior faith in him, the forgiveness of sins, eternal life. Well, may we show our appreciation for that by being truly concerned about helping others. John said, dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. And that means we'll want to be like the Good Samaritan. The Good Samaritan who when he saw that man, that beaten man who was left to die, he just had to help him despite the fact that he was of a different race. Or be like Zacchaeus who when he learned about Jesus, he had to help out those people who were poor. And well, maybe we can think about our Wisconsin Synod. It has its Committee on Christian Aid and Relief, which helps people throughout the world and here in our country as well. What, the, what that committee always does is it takes advantage of Thanksgiving and sends out bulletin covers to, for our Thanksgiving services that tell us the work that the Committee on Christian Aid and Relief has been doing for the past year. And it tells us of the domestic relief that it's done here in our country. It tells us about the foreign aid 
that we've done to help us with mission, mission, with doing mission work. And it also talks about how we are involved in humanitarian aid, where in areas where we hope to do mission work. And one way we can show our thanksgiving in action is to support the Wells Committee on Christian Aid and Relief's efforts. When we think of putting our thanksgiving into action, however, let's realize that God isn't asking us to start a crusade to free the world of its social problems. Now, of course, God does want us to be involved in that work, looking out for those who have material needs. But he doesn't want it to be our major goal, our sole goal in this life to wipe out poverty. He does want it to be our main goal to give people the greater blessing, the greater blessing of sharing his gospel. And of course, look for ways to help out people who are in physical need as well. Don't set that aside. But think about people's souls. Do your part. Keep your eyes and your ears open to opportunities to serve the Lord and the spread of his kingdom through our church, through our synod, sharing that gospel, inviting people to come to worship with us, being faithful in worship yourself so that you're encouraging others as well. You know, one of our mission hymns, we sing, Let none hear you widely saying, There is nothing I can do, While the souls of men are dying, And the Master calls for you. Take the task he gives you gladly, Let his work your pleasure be. Answer quickly when he calleth, Here am I, send me, send me. May God help us to always just think about how richly blessed we are, materially, physically, especially spiritually, so that our response always to those amazing blessings that God gives to us that our response to that and to the, the needs of others in our world would always be that there would be thanksgiving in action in our lives. Always showing Christian love, helping people with their physical needs, especially helping people to know about the greatest blessing of all, Jesus, our Savior. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Amen. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, shall keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Let's confess our faith with the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. 
He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God Almighty, so rule and govern our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit that we may always look forward to the end of this present evil age and to the day of your righteous judgment. Keep us steadfast and true in living faith and present us at last holy and blameless before you. We pray through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And Lord God, as we think about Thanksgiving, oh, we're so thankful for all the blessings you give to us. Please help us always to be like that one leper who was healed, who came back and said thank you for the blessings he received from you. Help us always to thank you for the material blessings. Help us always and especially to thank you for the spiritual blessings you give us and, and help us to show our thanksgiving by showing Christian love to one another, especially reaching out with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we gather up all of the prayers we have tonight as we join in praying. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen. Close with the doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise him, all creatures here below. Praise him above ye heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you again for joining me for worship for this Thanksgiving service. The Lord bless and keep you always.